Hey, it's great to be with you today. I'm Pastor Stu from Family Church, and I am going to be sharing with you a new series today that we are starting called Pathways. So we've been enjoying several weeks now on the subject of Kairos, uh, which is about discovering and living in God's now moment. We were born for such a time as this, and we just sense that God has been speaking to us through that series. And that series is going to be a series that we're not going to leave behind. In fact, as we talk about Pathways this week and over the next couple of weeks, then uh, we really believe that, that this is a now word from God for us as a church um, and for you as an individual. So wherever you're watching from, if you're online uh, today or watching it on Catch Up, then, then just tune in to what God has to say to you today as we speak about pathways. So my job today is to introduce this, this theme. And um, I just want to start by saying that the Bible has a lot to say about pathways, a lot. Um, and there is no way that I could possibly dig into all of the scriptures, but I'm going to do my best to, to share uh, what's on my heart um, about pathways today. Now, in the Bible, there are many times where God led his people on a physical journey, so an actual pathway. They took a certain road to get to a certain place um, and he directed them to their destination that he had for them. So Abraham is a great example of this. He, he left um, his homeland to travel to the place that God had called him to go to, which was Canaan. And Abraham did this by faith. He didn't know uh, where he was going to end up, but he just obediently followed the way that God took him. I, I guess Abraham probably woke up every day and said, which way now, Lord? And, and God just kept directing him to the place that God had for him. In Hebrews 11, verse 9, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That's a very brave thing to do, isn't it? To step out, to leave everything, to take uh, your family, your relatives, your servants, your, your cattle and your flocks with you on this big journey that Abraham went on to a completely new place, but actually not even knowing where he was going to end up. Um, he did that by faith which is just an amazing thing. Um, another example of, of how God took his people on a physical journey in the Old Testament is the children of Israel in the wilderness. And when they were in the wilderness, um, every day they would, would move if the cloud would lead them in the daytime or the pillar of fire by night, they would move in the direction that God would want to take them in. And they would never know. One day they could be settled and, and they could be in a place for several days or weeks. And then suddenly the cloud or the pillar of fire by night would start to move. And they'd have to pack everything up and move in the direction that God was taking them next. It says in Nehemiah 9 verse 12, as, as they were uh, thinking about how the children of Israel had been led by God into the land of promise. It says, moreover, you led them by day with a cloudy pillar and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the road which they should travel. So again an amazing journey of, of faith for God's people. And of course this was a generation of people that hadn't inherited the land that God had promised them um, and over 40 years they, they kept traveling through the wilderness until God's people were ready to take hold 
of the next on their journey, uh, the thing that, that God had for them next, which was the promised land. And this new generation of people stepped in to the land of Canaan and took hold of this new physical land. And of course, there's Jonah. Now, Jonah's a bit of a different story because Jonah didn't want to go on the road that God had called Jonah to, which was the road to Nineveh, to prophesy over the, the people of Nineveh, um, to tell them that they should repent and turn back to God, otherwise um, they would be destroyed. Um, and so Jonah ran away from God. He got on the ship. Uh, he didn't want to do that. He was afraid of, of what they might, how they might respond. So he got on the ship and sailed away. And of course, the storms were blowing and Jonah realized that everyone on board that ship was going to die if he didn't jump off the ship. So um, he, he, he was thrown off the ship. And, uh, and then, of course, he was swallowed by a big fish. Maybe it was a whale. Probably it was. And he was swallowed by a big fish and then spat out on the beach um, and then, of course, obeyed God and, and went to Nineveh. And then, of course, he was grumpy because the people of Nineveh actually did repent. He wanted them to get wiped out, uh, destroyed, but they repented and, uh, and, and, and turned back to God. So that was a bit of a, a strange journey for Jonah. Um, have you ever been in a situation like that where you know God said something, but you've kind of been trying to run away from it. You, you know you're meant to go um, either to a certain place, it could be a physical location, or actually God's got a certain journey for your life, and, uh, but you've said, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm a bit fearful. I'm a bit afraid. What might happen? What might, how might people respond? And you end up running away from it. Well, God's got this way of getting us back on track. Hopefully it won't take being thrown off a ship and swallowed by a big fish for you or me. Uh, and then, of course, the Apostle Paul, um, he kept trying to go to different places to preach the gospel, to, to take the good news of Jesus um, to the people. And, uh, and in Acts 16, we read these words, Acts 16, verses 9 to 10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so, of course, Paul and his, his crew that were with him went over to Macedonia, and, and great things happened there. God might call you, or me, to go to a certain location. He did for me uh, over 25 years ago. Um, I just knew that God was calling me to move to Portsmouth to take the N27 and uh, go to Portsmouth and, and uh, start a new life in Portsmouth where I would be uh, part of a team that was uh, the team that, that existed in the early days of Family Church. And uh, that was a big step of faith for me, um, big step of faith, but, but I knew that God had called. Um, but most of the time, when we talk about God's path, the road that God wants us to travel, we're talking about the course of our lives. We're not necessarily talking about moving to a certain location. Uh, we're not talking about a physical journey normally. Um, of course, there's lessons that we can learn from Abraham stepping up by faith and the children of Israel in the wilderness about being obedient to, to just go where God's going, to go where God's presence is going from Jonah. Um, to uh, not disobeying and, uh, and, and surrendering to where God wants to take us. And even from, from Paul, just being discerning about where, Paul is uh, where God is leading us. 
So there's lessons that we can learn from them. Um, but what we're talking about now today is about the course of our lives, the, the journey of life that God wants us to take. If, we, if our lives are going to take a healthy course, then we have to make wise choices. Wise choices. That, come, that seems to come naturally to some people and to others not quite so naturally. And I'm not just talking about common sense. I'm talking about drawing on wisdom that's available to us from God through the Scriptures and through the Holy Spirit, and also from people, godly people in our lives. So in Proverbs 4, it's got a lot to say about pathways. And in verse 26, this is from the New International Version, uh, we're instructed to give careful thought to the paths that we take. So Proverbs 4, verse 26 says, Give careful thought to the paths for your feet, and be steadfast in all your ways. So we're instructed, instructed to give careful thought to the paths of our feet so that we will be steadfast in our ways. Now, as our loving Father, God has our best in mind. His will for us is perfect. That's really important to remember, that God is for us and not against us, that his desire for us is, is beautiful, it's perfect. It's like a loving Father would have for his children. And God desires, therefore, that we make wise choices to take us on a good path, a healthy path in our lives, to take us on his path for our lives. So what do I mean when I talk about God's path for our lives? Well, in my mind, I'm talking about two main things. First of all, I'm talking about walking in the ways of God's kingdom. I also call it the path of righteousness or the path of right living for God. Um, I'm also talking about taking God's specific path for our lives. I believe that God has a specific plan and purpose for every human being. And when you find Jesus, you begin to have access, true access, perfect access to God's specific plan for your life. But we're going to just talk about the first one, first of all, which is walking in the ways of God's kingdom. God wants us to walk in the ways of his kingdom. He wants us to take the path of righteousness or the path of right living in God. The path of righteousness is about doing things God's way, doing things according to the way of his kingdom, living a holy life, living a life that honours and, and, and pleases God. And we've got access to this path of righteousness not because we have made it to a point in life where we get to walk on God's path, but simply because we've accepted Jesus. When you accept Christ, you repent of your sin, and you put your faith in Christ that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took all the punishment for the sin of mankind, including yours, so you are now clean, right before God. And so you are now have you now have access to this path of righteousness, this path of being able to live in the ways of God's kingdom. And we're able to take this path because of our faith in Christ. In John 10, Jesus speaks about being the door or the gate of the sheepfold. The only way to step onto God's path, the path of right living or the path of righteousness, is to put your faith in Christ. There is no other way to do it. Yet, in order to walk this path effectively, we have to make a daily choice. A daily choice to walk the path of the kingdom. Now as we do, 
we choose a path that will lead to a blessed, fulfilled, flourishing, and dare I even say, prosperous life. And I'm not just talking about financial blessing. I'm talking about being a life that is full, full of the blessing of God. So in Deuteronomy, we read about God's people, the children of Israel, the Jewish people, back in the Old Testament, um, and they had a choice to make. They could take the path that led to life or the path that led to destruction. And we're going to just read this short passage here. Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 to 20. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply. And the Lord your God and the land that you're about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a good long life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Verse 19. Today I've given you... Oh that you would choose life, so that your descendants, you and your descendants, might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you, if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Love this passage. There's so much to it. And one of the main things that, that sticks out to me is God isn't wanting us to take that path of destruction. We will take a path of destruction. Humanity takes a path of destruction simply by not living according to the ways that God intended us to live. Um, harm is done when you live a life that's filled with, with sin. Um, Yet, when you choose God's path, when you go his way, great blessing comes because it, it, it's God's way. It, it's what God wants for his people. So we see the heart of God in this passage. He says, oh, that you would choose life. Oh, come on, choose life. Also, we see the key to taking God's path. As we read in verse, I think it was 20, is to love him, obey him and commit ourselves firmly to him. If only we could just do that. Let's simplify it today. All you have to do is love God, obey him, and commit yourself firmly to him. Easy, isn't it? Well, <laughs> it's simple, but it's not always easy. But it is possible. It is possible to take this path. And uh, we'll probably look at that more over the next couple of weeks. Now, Matthew chapter 11 gives a picture of what happens when we love Jesus, when we obey him, and when we commit ourselves firmly to him. Let's get my page. So it says here in Matthew 11, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls 
for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now you have to understand that this is a picture of farming and there would be a mature, older, wiser, stronger ox that a younger, maybe more immature, uh, weaker and less wise ox would be strapped to with a yoke, a piece of wood that would go across the necks of the two oxen. <coughs> so they would be yoked together or connected together with this piece of wood and they would pull a burden which would be perhaps the plough. Um, so this was the burden that, that's being talked about here. Now this, this uh, picture here it gives us a, a wonderful picture of, of loving Jesus, coming to him, because when you love someone you want to come to them, obeying him, so being coupled to Jesus or yoked to him, and committing ourselves firmly to him, walking with him, and learning from him as we walk with him. As we couple ourselves to Jesus, and that's speaking of having a close and a meaningful relationship with him, we'll share in his strength and we'll be subject to his wisdom, we'll learn from his wisdom, and we will walk the path that he desires us to walk, and it will become much easier. It won't be impossible. It's not impossible to take God's path. It's not impossible to live the, um, to, to take the path of righteousness in your life. So, God's wisdom. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 to 19 now. This has a lot to say about taking God's wisdom, or applying God's wisdom in order to take God's path for your life. Proverbs 4, 10 to 19. It says, My child, listen to me, and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways, and lead you in the straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving on the path of righteousness. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is total, like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. Love that picture there of the way of the righteous being like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. You know, when you, when you accept Christ and you start walking on his path of righteousness, the more you do that, life becomes brighter and brighter, or should we say, more filled with God's presence, with God's glory, um, until the full light of day, which to me speaks of that day that we either uh, leave this life because we, we die physically and go to heaven, or when Jesus returns and we meet him face to face. What an awesome day that will be. Um, it's the full light of day. But in the meantime, our uh, walk with God, it's like things are getting brighter and brighter all the way. Then, so that's one path, the path of righteousness. Uh, taking a path that, that is doing things God's kingdom way. But then there's also this other path, uh, which I mentioned just now, about actually God has a specific path for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for you that he wants you to take. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God planned good things for you long ago. Isn't that wonderful? The Bible says that, that, that God has this book and in that book all of your days are written. When you were formed in the womb, he already had this book where he saw the whole of your life. And, and God loves us even when he knows we're going to make choices sometimes that, that take us off, off course and maybe where we're not living out his will for our lives. He loves us completely, but he is cheering us on and he is saying, come on, make the right choices. Make those choices that lead you along the path of righteousness and make those choices that take you into my specific plan for your life because there is nothing better than living out the plan of God for your life. God will never force you to take this path. But as you walk according to the ways of God's kingdom, taking the path of righteousness, right living, you'll align yourself with God's specific path for your life. So in some ways, that's all we need to worry about is, is walk the path of righteousness because then we'll align with God's specific path for our lives. Romans 12 verses 1 to 2 says, I beseech you, I strongly urge you, therefore brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, us presenting our lives to God on a daily basis is the least we can do in the light of what Jesus did for us. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, that you may know and, and live out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has a plan for each one of us individually, which is good and acceptable and perfect. I believe God has a plan for us, his church, collectively, globally, on a local scale. God has a plan collectively for his people, the church, um, but for you as an individual as well. God has a plan for your life. There's a path that God wants you to take, and it's good. It's not evil. It's acceptable. So when you take God's path, it's really pleasing, and it's perfect. There is nothing better than taking the path of God for your life. It's like one of those beautiful paths along, maybe along the side of a hill and you're overlooking a, a lovely river or a lake or something and things couldn't be more perfect. The birds are singing. Well, that's the path. Uh, that's what it's like to take God's specific path for our life. But to do that, we have to first commit to walking on that path of righteousness, that path of right living, living according to God's kingdom ways. And you won't connect with God's path for your life personally if you're not first walking on that path of righteousness. The, the things that God has for you, they're kind of like paths that come alongside or, or align with the path of righteousness that God has for you. However, as you journey along the path of righteousness, you need to be ready to take God's specific path. You need to be ready. You need to be looking out for it. Um, Romans 12 that we just read provides us with two really simple keys um, so that we can be ready to take God's path. Number one, present yourself to God every day as a living sacrifice. So this speaks of being surrendered to him, making ourselves available for his purposes. And number two, 
align your thinking with God's ways rather than being conformed to the ways of the world. Simple. Present yourself to God, surrender to his will, and align your thinking with God's ways rather than being conformed to the world. And then you'll be able to know and live out God's good and pleasing or acceptable and perfect will for your life. Jesus, certainly, I'm sure you would agree that Jesus walked the path of righteousness. Yet in order to take the Father's specific path for his life, he had to surrender to the Father's will. So Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane did exactly this. He was walking the path of righteousness. He was perfect in every way. He was righteous, completely righteous. Um, yet he still had to surrender to the Father's will in order to walk out the Father's specific will for his life. And the most powerful statement that Jesus made that we're called to make um, is not my will, but your will be done. Jesus, when he taught the disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6, that was part of the prayer. Let your will be done. Not my will, but your kingdom come, your will be done. And in Matthew 26, when Jesus prayed those words in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. So we're going to continue to look at this subject of pathways, going to dig deeper into what it means to, to walk on the path of righteousness, to, to, to draw on God's wisdom for life and, and for how to take the right path, uh, and also how to dig into, we're going to dig into how to take God's specific plan for our lives. I'd like to just pray for you as I close today. So um, just join with me as I pray for, for every one of you. As you've listened to these words, I pray that, that God has, uh, that by the Holy Spirit has spoken into your hearts. Father, I thank you that you give us the courage, first of all, Lord, to take your path of righteousness. Lord, when everyone else around us seems to be going in a different direction, when the world is certainly going in a, in a different direction, Lord, when there's compromise, um, in, in the lives of, of those around us. I pray, Lord, that we would be courageous enough to not compromise, Lord, to understand and to know that we're your, your children. Lord, that we are children of the kingdom of God and that you have a different way of doing things. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching this message today. Father, give us strength, give us courage, and give us wisdom to know how to take that path. And I also pray, Father, Lord, that each one of us would discover the joy of taking your specific path for our lives. Lord, there's things that you've called us as individuals to do that are unique to us. Things that purpose, your kingdom purposes that you've called us to, it's unique to me and to each person who's a part of this today. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would be fully surrendered to your will. I pray, Lord, that we would be fully surrendered to what you want to say to us and not hearing just what the world has to say. And I pray, Lord, that we would make great decisions when it comes to taking your path. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. It's been wonderful to be with you today. And I pray that your day will be blessed wherever you are and whatever you do.